This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to NL Hafta. I hope you guys had a great holiday on Independence Day. I hope you reflected on all the independence that you have and I hope you want more and want more of India to want more. On that note, today let me introduce our panel. It is a thin panel today. Manisha has gone off to Germany for some sort of fellowship for 4 or 5 weeks where they pretend that they'll do something productive and they'll just I guess have a good time for 5 days and come back. And um, Raman sir is also traveling as is Madhu. With me is Anand Vardhan. Hi Anand. Hello. All good? Yes. Wonderful critique of the article 370 pieces. Congratulations on that. And we have Neha Masih who is the Washington Post correspondent here in India. She has been here before. Uh she is a graduate of the Columbia Journalism School she's worked with HD NTV Riot that's a production house based in New York she's written for Caravan New York Times Atlantic and when you were at the HD you were instrumental in that hate tracker that was taken on am i right yes that is correct so what's the status of that hate tracker now well i mean you can go look for it online and tell me if you find it i see okay so this is the one that rumor has it uh, what was his name bobby lost his job bobby ghosh lost his job yeah that that that's a rumor i don't know if that's true maybe he lost it for other reasons but we will have joining us from kerala sneha mary koshi who has been covering the flood uh, in kerala and those of you who've been following the news must be aware that what a devastating flood there has been especially in karnataka parts of maharashtra um so yeah we will get some sort of an update of what it's like covering the floods neha is just back from kashmir actually so we'll get some you know on ground did you meet our reporter by the way is he okay did you by any chance bump into uh, a very a very ayush we have not been able to contact him and we are very worried every now and then we get a report though uh well if you're getting reports then that's a good sign uh no news uh, would be would be worse but, but, if but I'm a conspiracy theorist what if he's been abducted by some other people and they're pretending to be him and sending us reports uh, no i don't think uh, that would no. be likely no no, no. tell her he's fine okay you are you i hope you're well thank you for your wonderful reports before i go into the headlines i shall just have a couple of announcements to make those of you who were asking us about the media rumble discussions who could make it to delhi well they are being uploaded online every day we upload two or three um i think by the end of this week or middle of beginning of next all of them will be up you can subscribe and follow our channels so you don't miss any videos we've had some great discussions there we had atish tasir mr prayag akbar and the editor of the indian express mr jha in conversation with madhu i loved that conversation i thought it was really good three really smart people talking about their writing um and yeah and there was a spirited exchange between me and mr gupta as well you can check that out it's online also i have an appeal for the news laundry sena we have another nl sena story up i believe this one will cost about 3 and a half lakhs to do and like you know when the public pays the public is served when advertisers pay advertise us sir we don't take any advertising money so if you go on to our nl sena appeals nl sena projects you see we have a project for who owns your media we want to do a really comprehensive deep dive into the companies that hold the companies that hold the companies that own media we did this when we just started news laundry and now there are a lot more media companies lots of shares have changed hands so that takes time effort resources so do contribute so we can do that i shall save the rest of the appeals for later right now 
the headlines are one is of course on article 370 most of the headlines this week were about article 370 the independence day speech was also a lot to do with article 370 and again uh, the prime minister uses the independence day speech as a political speech uh, for his party and not for the indians especially when he refers to aapne ye nahi kiya and aapne wo nahi kiya i am not sure who he is referring to is he talking to the congress is he talking to the whole country that we are all incompetent fools i i find his speech is extremely problematic uh, not the ones at at his rallies but when he's addressing the nation as the prime minister and i think it's disgraceful and i'm surprised no one calls him out on that he also announced there'll be a chief of defense staff it's been a long term project and i have no view on it maybe anand can tell us why it's desirable or not because i have no idea then our peace pen drives and gumption how journalists in kashmir are dealing with the communication blockade i highly recommend you read it ayush has filed it from there greater kashmir journalist has been detained um we've reported on this his family hasn't been told why his name is amin malik irfan amin malik is 28 and you know journalists has been picked up and there is no specific charge or reason given it's 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 very oh he's been released okay may i just today Okay fine. So what what did they say why did they arrest him in the first place? They never have any answers to most questions. Okay. Then days after calling reports of unrest in Srinagar Sora fabricated administrative incident if you've just discussed it at the beginning then the national conference moved supreme court against the president's order in article 370 I have find highly unlikely there's going to be any any judgment on this in the next few years. Then the China stance on the decision by Indian government on Kashmir it says it is seriously concerned about the Indian government's recent decision. etc etc pakistan goes to the united nations security council and poland that right now is holds the presidency has said that they should figure it out bilaterally uh, the un security council is going to hold a rare closed door meeting on kashmir today as we are recording this imran khan attacks kashmir and he says quote i am afraid this rss ideology hindu supremacy like the nazi are in supremacy will not stop at iok instead it will lead to suppression of muslims in india and eventually to targeting of pakistani the hindu supremacist version of hitler's lebensraum unquote and the samjhauta express has been blocked as has the delhi lahore bus service been cancelled so that's that and um, oh i almost forgot sonia gandhi is the new president of inc i saw that in the headline yeah yeah why we should talk about that actually that that should be interesting and regarding the floods um, we shall have sneha joining us and she can tell us a little about that let's just get a quick on the ground kind of thing neha uh, i want to start off with this entire bbc video you know i wrote a piece on this as well and i think it uh, it has shown many of my actual friends very poorly who were retweeting uh, you know the ministry of home affairs statements and saying if they have said this we should believe them uh, i mean i wonder if those guys would have said the same thing if the upa was in power they said okay this is what you know mr uh, patel has said let's just believe what he's saying and then of course it emerges four days later the home ministry says there was actually a protest uh one i understand there is not one narrative like some people are getting access some parts are peaceful i'm sure some people are happy as well they must be sick of the whole thing but while you were there from your personal experience and not from anybody else it's just yours how difficult or easy it is to is it to move around how difficult or easy is it to report and just some things of consequence that you think our listeners would benefit from 
Uh, sure. Uh, so I think uh, a lot has been sort of, uh, you know, discussed uh, about movement and the kind of restrictions that there exist. Um, I mean, one thing that everyone sort of agrees on is that there is a complete uh, shutdown in terms of communication. So phones, uh, internet, uh, landlines and cable TV are shut. And I think there's no dispute on that. Uh, what a lot of different... Doordarshan. Uh, so you get Doordarshan. And if you have Tata Sky or uh, one of the DTH services. But if you have a cable TV like the old uh, old style one, then you don't have anything. Uh, so that's definitely something that I think everyone is pretty much on the same page. Um, what we have seen a lot, uh, competing narratives are about the kind of movement that is possible. And I think uh, that is also something that is very hard to sort of say because everyone can have a different experience. Um, and also on what day you're talking about. So for instance, I was there for five days and every single day there was a different kind of environment on the roads outside. So some days, which is uh, the day of Eid, for instance, that morning, there was very, very heavy security. And uh, even as journalists who had curfew passes, we were checked at each checkpoint. And at some checkpoints, we had to plead to get through. So there is that kind of... Uh, How do you get a curfew pass? Because uh, in the story that I think Ayush had reported, uh, the HT uh, bureau chief from there, he said, right? He did. He's This is the first time he hasn't been given a curfew pass and he's been reporting there for, I think, three decades. Yeah, so... What is, uh, why, so why does the Washington... Post correspondent get it, but the Hindustan Times. So actually, uh, it was not my curfew pass, but I was traveling with someone who had a curfew pass. But this is something that I saw um, a lot of people said that locally that the Kashmiri journalists found it harder to get curfew passes, but the ones who had gone from Delhi found it easier. Um, so so that's uh, and the curfew passes were being issued by the DC's office. Uh, so that's something. But like for instance, on Saturday, two days before Eid, a lot more uh, movement was made possible for people and for journalists. So each day has been sort of different I would say and also which areas you're moving around so for instance uh, there are uh, some neighborhoods uh, that are low risk neighborhoods let's say where there is no as not as much uh, volatility that there may be in like downtown areas or Sora which is sort of emerged as the epicenter of the protest so in those areas obviously like you know security is much tighter and going in and out of there is nearly impossible but then there are other areas which are much more accessible so it really depends on as journalists where you're roaming around, uh, what you have access to, whether you're moving with uh, with like some of the officials slash security forces, or you're moving on your own, or are you moving with your local journalists? So so all of those things really define your experience, I would say. I see. But um, you are yet to file your report? No, uh, we've done a three uh, from there. So how are you Sending them across from there. Well, uh, one I did once I came back, and uh, the sec the first one I managed to uh, uh, to file through a phone that I found working. Um, so I had to dictate it over the phone. Uh, the second one I filed through the media center that was set up a couple of days back, uh, where they've set up four computers. Um, where the internet very access. Not internet access. I mean, those four computers have like wired uh, net. So you have to use those computers to be able to file. And it was very slow. It took me like 15 minutes to send like one document. Uh, and, mm. uh, and the third one I filed when I came back. I see. So, uh, Anand, do you have anything to say on the entire video? I mean, I'll just say my bit. I, and after your piece, I'd just like to go back to Neha and ask her about that. You know, that video that people were referring to as fake video. In fact, a couple of channels did primetime. One hour shows on it fake. And they've, I mean, I just found it ironic that, you know, journalists sitting on Republican Times are questioning the journalistic credibility of others. I just think it's really funny. But that video now, it's clear 
I mean, I don't know what a fake video is. First of all, I mean, is it an animation that is pretending to be, you know, motion picture? Or I, I mean, I don't understand what people mean by fake video. But if there is a specific kind of complaint or allegation that this is what is fake about it, then so the timing obviously was after the fourth of August because they were talking about the repealing because that is what the banners are being held up. The physical structures and properties. of all the trees the mosque the signage it was clear that it is kashmir and not pakistan occupied kashmir so those two things were clear the timing and and there were enough people to say okay if not thousands at least a couple of thousand in that final top shot so those three things were beyond doubt now i find it amazing that journalists said no that's fake because the home minister said this didn't happen and then five days later the home minister said this did happen I'm just wondering how do those journalists still write a piece, and how are they in employment? I mean, I, I, th- I think it's. But the one thing that I will say is that the BBC text said "opened fire," quote unquote. Now I haven't seen any report, and I believe if there was someone with bullet injuries, it would be, you know, we would know about it by now because there is enough journalists such as yours, such as Ayush, who are not going to hush anything up. Um, there is no evidence of any uh, cartridges being found. So my hunch is that BBC heard that sound tararat, and India may be fire blanks to scare people often. Uh, so maybe they were blanks. Maybe it was a sound that sounded like a gunshot, but wasn't. But I find it unlikely, even from a prudence point of view, that someone like Amit Shah, uh, no matter what you think of him, is actually going to ask security force to open fire. I do think that claim has no evidence right now that there were bullets fired. Um, Anand, you want to go with that, and and what you think of this whole fake news claim of BBC, and then we'll come back to Neha. Just want to remind our listeners that the Media Rumble videos are available on YouTube and on Facebook. Do check them out. Also, pay to keep news free. Subscribe to News Laundry because when the public pays, the public is served. And also, please rate our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us from. We are on Castbox. We're on Stitcher. We're on all podcast platforms. And if you rate us highly, we'll get discovered more by other people, and therefore the burden. On just limited few of you who are supporting us will be less, and more people can support us, and we can do lots more reports. The full episodes of Hafta are available on Castbox. Now, many of you people have problems accessing us from our app, which I agree is very buggy, and we've been working on it for the longest time, and will continue for a while now. But until then, we are now on Castbox. Castbox is a very simple app to use. Those of you listening to us on iTunes and stuff, this is an old. You only get the older ones because. The latest three are not on iTunes because you have to pay for those. Those are only for subscribers. Uh, the free podcasts are only released three weeks later. So if you want to listen to us completely new, fresh, the week that they recorded or the day that they recorded, then you can subscribe to Castbox. How you do this is, uh, you know, you download the Castbox app. It's on I- Apple Store. In that, you search for NL Hafta. And once you're on NL Hafta, you click on the lock icon inside the latest Hafta track because the old Haftas are free. It leads you to the payment page. Click on the amount, complete the payment process, and you will get access to all the latest episodes of Hafta as well. It's 590 rupees with the first month free. Why it's that much on Castbox is because 30% goes to Google, 18% goes as tax, and जो बचा खोचा है वो हमारे पास आता है. So Castbox is a friction-free experience until our Our own app is ready. You can go there and get the latest and pay for good journalism and keeping it independent. But before we discuss Pelu Khan and after that we'll discuss 
um, the floods in Kerala, Karnataka, and many other parts. We have Sneha joining us. Where are you, Sneha, right now? I'm right now in Tiruvannadapuram. I'm back in Tiruvannadapuram. And you're back from where? Where all were you traveling to? This time there was not much of ground reporting involved as such because um, of various reasons uh, involved with the channel. But however, unlike last year, the impact for the floods really, Abhinandan, this time has not been that expansive across the state. It's been severe in the districts there where uh, it has affected and it's very, very worrisome. But the expanse is not as wide as right. it was in 2018. I, I, I read the piece that we were instructed to read before we got you on. So, and I noticed in that the environmental damage that has happened and also the loss of life this time is um, not as much as there was last time. But before I, uh, you know, come to discussing the specifics of the news and the news cycle, I'd just like to introduce you to our listeners. Sneha Merikoshi has been a journalist for eight years with NDTV. She's the Kerala Bureau Head. She reports on all of South, right? So that's that's your main bureau in South, across Tamil Nadu, Karnataka? Uh, no, we have bureaus in every state, but, you know, being reporters, you, you got to cross borders, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you've reported from the United Nations Environmental Assembly in Kenya, and you've been following up with data and the strong impact of recent natural disasters are having in Kerala. In fact, your piece is, gives a lot of instances of how environmental damage is causing much of the problems and loss of life and property. But uh, we'll just come to this. Uh, after the Pelukhan, we were just in the middle of discussing that, Snehan. I'd like your perspective on that as well. Uh, I'd just like to tell our audience what happened. Uh, Pelukhan, who was attacked and bashed up, beaten to death for allegedly smuggling cows, which apparently has not been proved even now. The district court has not been able to hold any of the Attackers guilty. They have all been uh, bari karod by Izzat bari ke. Their names are Vipin Yadav, Ravendra Kumar, Kaluram, Dayanand, Yogesh Kumar, also called Dholia, and Bhim Rathi. The other three accused who were minors at the time of the crime are on trial at a juvenile court. I have no doubt they too shall get away. Um, before I get the panel's views, I would just like to give mine, as Sumit says, my rant. I think anyone who was under any misconception or believes that there was any desire to get justice in this uh, can read what the judge has said. The police clearly ensured that the case that they took to court was not compelling enough or tight enough to get convictions. I do believe this is a dog whistle to send out the message that you can do shit like this and get away because this is us feeling strong. I think it's reprehensible. And I do think this is one of the reasons, Sumit, you were saying my rants. I think this is one of the reasons why many in the right who we invite for debate or discussion don't come because they have gone on to defend things that now they will find very hard to defend. So it's easier to go to Arnab studio and shout and no one listens to anybody. But yeah, I think it's a disgrace for the police force and our political class who actually... Even after this came, I don't know if any of you watched television, there were BJP leaders who were defending this verdict. And uh, I think that's all that needs to be said to prove what the intent was. I mean, we can go into the micro bits of this, but Sneha, um, I mean, I know you don't report from there. And I saw Harsha's report this morning from, from Rajasthan. What do you think this, this 
tells us about the justice system. Do you think most people realize or are most people brilliant like Tavleen who says, oh, see, the Congress government is not interested in getting justice. Uh, or is she that illiterate that she doesn't know that the charge sheet that was filed and the court that had started a process, no new evidence could be put halfway through? You know, I think, uh, I must tell you, I've been speaking to a lot of reporters who've been part of this, reporting this incident, and all of them are so shocked because I know one of my colleagues, Saurabh Shukla, he actually went and recorded in an invisible camera about how a man was bragging about beating him and uh, beating Pehlu Khan and beating him to death and all. He was literally bragging him, bragging about this on a in, um, on a hidden camera. And that was, it was, you, it, it sent shockwaves across. And then finally to have this judgment, and we are very far away from this, you know, it's, it's in Kerala. But even if you're in South of India, everybody's talking about this. Everybody's shocked that here is a man who was beaten to death and there's nobody who's convicted about it. That's that's one thing which perhaps everybody has been talking even down south in Kerala. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering, like I remember when this thing happened with the Jessica Lal case, immediately all channels went to Novara and that case was actually re-examined on the basis of the media outrage. That was one of the cases where the hysteria of the media, you know, was used for a productive purpose. Um, why don't we see it now? Uh, and and would this make an international case? Because I do see that uh, Mr. Modi is more sensitive to international coverage than he is to national coverage. In fact, my nephew said when he saw that Bear Grylls, and I say this on Hafta all the time, he's laughing. He never laughs when he's talking to Indians. I said, yeah. When he's talking to Indians, look at everyone. You are all insects. Come wipe my shoes. But when he's like with that, even that that CNN anchor, remember, he went to him. He, he, he's like, his daant is like coming out of his five feet outside his mouth. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Uh, Well, I mean, I think uh, your point about why there is no, um, you know, outrage in in the media about it is that half of the media uh, actually, you know, believes the same thing as many of the right wing supporters do, that these are not cases that need to be uh, prosecuted in the way. And uh, people like Pehlu Khan are probably cow smugglers. And so they, uh, you know, deserve to be lynched. So, of course, there is that uh, a lot of the press uh, now has that sentiment as well so obviously they are not going to you know uh, outrage about this and the ones that uh, who try and attempt and uh, report otherwise or try to go uh, go for uh, you know like what she was t- uh, talking about her NDTV colleagues expose uh, those get discredited by uh, social media trolls who will call it fake news or who will brand it as like you know oh it's NDTV and that's why so I mean um, even uh, even now like I, I've it's been so many years since I left NDTV TV and uh, a lot of times the trolls uh, uh, will read my pieces in the post and be like, oh, she's from NDTV, that's why she's writing like this. Or, you know, uh, so that's always a stick f- uh, for them to beat you with. And uh, beyond that, what else can you do when, when media itself is divided uh, on, on the nature of coverage and on uh, what deserves to be, uh, you know, uh, reported in which way and of course when you have ministers garlanded convicting a uh, convicted accused uh, of lynchings then that's the message that goes down to the press as well now let's move to the south you know we are often correctly criticized sneha that when there is a slight drain overflow in delhi there's live coverage wall to wall but i will say ever since we have a lot of really good reportage from the south from people like sneha my friend dhanya and, and some others, other than that woman who drowned in that 
Kannada channel, which was pathetic. But now that doesn't happen. You know, earlier, even like if a bird shat in Delhi, it was like, oh my God, look, the cars become dirty. That is not, but still, until I read your reports, Neha, I didn't realize that 400 people died last year because of flooding in Kerala. I didn't know that. And that's that's a big number, yeah. I think that would have caused wall-to-wall coverage. And what you're saying is, uh, this has a lot to do with those empty mines and um, the paddy cultivation has gone to, what, 2 lakh hectares from 8 lakh or something? But don't you guys eat chawal? I mean, here even pretty Punjab has started eating chawal, yeah? Why, 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 why don't you grow paddy anymore? Why is this happening? See, firstly, let's face it, the density of population is massive for Kerala. In comparison to the land available, the density of population is way high. But, you know, coming to the point about how 400 people died in 2018, that is also very, very important to move away in terms of a narrative. Because often when we come to environmental reporting or very critical areas, the importance of it kind of gets marginalized because there may not be huge human numbers involved. Sure. So Mm. 400 in 2018 is a very big number, but 60 in comparison or 100 in comparison may not sound that big. But the end of the day, it's just the inaction or the lack of what is supposed to be done or even just simple absence of data that is causing someone to lose their family member practically every monsoon season, drought season across India, including South of Kerala and South of India. And Kerala is no different. And also your report says Um, the the rain you guys got this time was 400% more than normal. So what is normal? Like, I mean, how is a normal discussed if everybody's getting this? Should we like re-look at what is normal? Um, so basically, since, you know, the IMD for decades now, I think from from the time of our independence has been uh, looking at data and uh, collating it. So, you know, an average is taken that this is how much during a particular date. So it's not seasonal. It's like for a week, then a month. And it's collated that this much percentage of rainfall is expected during the monsoon season. Mm. So it is in reference point to that. So when we say... Um, um, I'll just get out the data for uh, just since you're talking about it. So it was just uh, this data came out essentially for 8th August to 14th August yesterday, very neatly tucked away in the IMD website. And I was quite shocked seeing it myself. When we look at what was expected for 8th of August to 14th of August, just for Kerala, this is not for other southern states. Right. The normal would have been. 105.8 105.8 millimeters for that one week. How much did we get? We got five, 515.3 millimeters. That's 387% excess. Hmm. If you go down into details, Malapuram, one of the districts where people are still be, are still missing, around 27 people are still missing. The death toll has increased. There was around a 500% excess in that district. And this is not just for Kerala. Across um, India, we're seeing these patterns. Karnataka, you've had spells and spells of drought year after year. And then in 2005, if I'm correct, and 2009, and then 2019, you have floods. Kerala, again, if you see, drought after drought. 2017, I think, was the worst year of drought I didn't in know 15, there was, 20 years. Oh, there was a drought in Kerala? Okay, I... Okay, but 2017 I, was one of the worst droughts in 15 right. years. Okay. So 15, 16, 17 were three drought years. 
18 we all saw like it was not just a part of kerala it was whole kerala inundated practically and then 2000 everybody said 2018 okay that's like one in a once in a century very unusual will not happen again 2019 we are no better so but your report says because there's some what 50 you know old mines that are just lying there the, the mountains are becoming unstable because of that but to answer my question uh, paddy uh, i mean they've stopped growing paddy there because of what because of habitation i mean that's become like residential and commercial areas or is it because they they're growing something else or they're doing something else well everything is there so filling of land is happening then you need to have construction somewhere flats need to come up somewhere houses need to come up somewhere it's easier it's more lucrative you get more uh, money from those who are of offering to buy those paddy lands um it's difficult to sustain uh, growth of paddy anyway uh, in several parts of kerala it uh, the paddy land paddy lands have got fragmented over the years so all of those reasons have really you know uh, only accentuated the fact that from 8 lakhs 8 lakh hectares we are down to like around 2 mm. lakh hectares in just about 30 years time kerala was never self sufficient with paddy it was never self sufficient with rice mm. it used to always buy more rice but now though it's completely on that you hardly have any indigenous varieties also one of the reasons why monocropping is also becoming an extreme challenge for all states which are really facing this kind of an environment uh, extremity right so i i must say when i used to shoot high on my plate you know we used to drive all over kerala was one of my favorite we went there several times because a the roads are pretty decent and but the worst road i've ever come across is and i remember my my friends and the hosts rocky and mayur used to keep teasing me that you're a commie you're a commie and we were driving from kurg to kerala and you pass one of the worst roads i've ever come across in my life like we got off and started walking because we were faster than the cars because the potholes were like a foot and a half deep and as soon as we crossed the border into kerala the road became very good i said so much for being commie now you guys can sit and don't have to walk but anyway but, but abhinandan <laughs> let me just tell you this since you mentioning kurg kurg in karnataka is like facing the worst disasters year after year very underreported the kind mm. of environmental crisis the changes the landslides around 150 landslides in 2018 during that monsoon spell uh, very underreported and uh, you know these are all pockets but you know I, where people i sorry i think one of the reasons is at least i don't know how if kurg has changed but when i was shooting there it was rather it's strange it, as a region it has a few resorts and nice places but there's nothing happening there's you don't get an idea if there's any economic activity happening so other than tourists and people who were going to shoot the tourists i didn't see anyone there if it's it's a you know what i mean in kerala you see that different people doing different things for different reasons so maybe that's why no one's interested in kurg but yeah i i didn't know it was facing such severe problems so basically for anything to happen for those resorts to come up mm. you need some kind of roads for anything to sustain that you need so what is happening all the slopes are being used there because there's nothing else you have to get your inside right. those slopes in middle those slopes of those mountains that's the biggest trigger according to the Ge- geological survey of india research all of you listening in uh, the chota hafta do subscribe so you can listen to the entire hafta We will see you again next week with the Hafta till then subscribe pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served and advertisers pay advertisers served thank you goodbye All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher iTunes and any other podcast platform Please subscribe to News Laundry help us keep news independent 
catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.